You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Can We Talk? I'm here with the usual suspect, Shana. <laughs> Eric is out on leave. Um, you know what? We've been preparing for this for a long time. We got a we got a very special guest in the building. Randy, what's up? <laughs> He's back. Hey. He's back in the building. We missed Randy. We missed Randy. Um, you know what, Shana? I mean, you and I, the Anthony and Shana show has been happening for a long time. You know that? Uh, since, I think, since the beginning. <laughs> I, think, I think it originated way before we met the wonderful Eric McLeod. It was commentary before a concert. Stand, standing in line yeah. <laughs> at St. Andrew's Hall. We were the only audience, but, you know, it, it started somewhere. With Crit, Lupe, Pac, we always had our own commentary. But, yeah, and then it was weird. Remember that time we went to, what was it, Pac? And then somebody recognized us from the Lupe concert. Oh, they did? Remember? That, oh. Not really. We was drunk at the Pat concert. Yeah, I... But he, this guy was like, you guys were at the Lupe concert. <laughs> I, I, I barely remember that. I, I do mean, remember there was one woman at the Lupe concert whose breath was um not that pleasant. Her breath was sticking so bad that and even when her mouth was closed. Yo, we were trying to rock to the music <laughs> while covering our faces like I this. You know what I'm saying? I forgot about her. Yeah, her breath was kicking. People thought we were about to rap something. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, those those were good times. Those were good yeah, times. Yeah. I remember at the Pat concert, um, uh, there was these dudes behind me that thought you that you thought you was my girl, and you were trying to talk to that guy. So you were trying to get in front, yeah, and you were like, "Come on, man, let me get up front." Then these guys behind me were like, "Man, I'm I'm so sorry he took your girl." <laughs> and I tried to explain it, but I tried to play it off like, "Oh, you know, I, you know what I'm saying I'm just here for the for the show, you know. She'll be mine afterwards." <laughs> Yeah, pack pack was fun. I probably did something that I shouldn't have done. A guy was like, "If you hold my place for me, uh, while I go to the bar, I'll buy you a beer." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. I drank the beer. Like, not supposed to do that, but you make me feel safe." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, what, what, what did you think it was laced or? I didn't. I was. I didn't think anything until like in like just hindsight, twenty twenty. Like, I probably should not have drank that beer. Yeah, yeah. Was it open? It was a cup. Oh yeah! Oh come on, Shana, you know better. We made it home, didn't we? Yeah, and you were driving. <laughs> we barely made it there. <laughs> Did I ever tell the story about when we was on the freeway and uh, you were swerving? You was like, "Oh, it's like that Jadakiss song, you know, God got us." <laughs> I'm like, "Somebody get me out of but this car!" But here's the thing, though. Like that happened more than once. So when you say you remember that time, this was once. No, I distinctly remember this time. I've always missed that one exit and then got over too late. But I probably quoted that Jada Kiss at one time because I was trying to drink, time the drink. But allegedly, I timed, allegedly, allegedly, I was trying to time the drinks right so that by the time we got there, we got we there, were, we would be blasted. I mean, it worked. <laughs> we were we were in line already there, ready to go, ready to be set. <laughs> All right, so we got a we got a lot of topics today, man. We got I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a rundown. We got the missionary, we got the Mike Duggan scandal that almost was. We got R.I.P. to George H.W. Bush, Stephen Hillenberg who created SpongeBob SquarePants, and I think your hip hop corner is gonna lead us out because we got many topics. Oh yeah, we got Meek Mill, we got Jay Z on Meek Mill, we got Drake on Meek Mill, we got Big Crit, we got Takashi Six Nine, we got Black Thought. Yeah, we 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 got we got a we got a show today, so let's start with the missionary. Um, rest in peace to John Chow, I believe his name is. 
So John Allen Chow um, went to a forbidden island, I believe, in the North Sentinel. North Sentinel Island. To um to to convert the um the natives to Christianity. Long story short, he was killed. That's pretty much cut and dry what happened. But I mean, you said rest in peace, but it's against the law to go there. Yeah. And if you do even just a little tiny bit of research on North or North Central Island, you know that they are uh they're not to be fucked with. Exactly. <laughs> so it's an Eli Roth movie. Yeah, like they're not to be fucked with at all. So I don't like and he put them in danger just being there. Them? Yes. Because we are like we we we've been vaccinated. They haven't been. Mm-hmm. So just like the stuff on, like, he's exposing them to diseases that could possibly wipe them out. So he put them in danger just setting foot on the island. Couldn't that be the other way around? Like, they could probably have something that wipes us out? Uh, that also. Okay. All right. No, that, that is an interesting take. No, it wasn't It wasn't a smart move to do this. Um, and even looking at these pictures where this guy is smiling, I do feel bad. I really do feel bad. Like, this this guy... Because I said it before the show. I said, man, this dude was about it, about it for his culture. And you was like, I don't know about it, I don't think that's the, the correct word. Like, I, like you have a superiority complex that you think that people need to talk to you. Yeah. I think that superiority complex probably in his head was mistaken as um, this is this is God's mission. This is something that God told me to do. Or that but he's like an adventurer also. He's not yeah. like a missionary. Like, he's not con- connected to any type of like missionaries or missionary organization. I want to know who gave this guy a pep talk that told that, that made him think, you know what? It might not be safe, but I'm going to go anyway. Like did someone just say, Oh, I don't know about that brother, but go with God. But even the people that kind of brought him like to that halfway point, they're going to get in trouble because it's illegal to bother them. Like they want how to much be, you paid them. They want to be left alone. And I think that we should respect that. Yeah, I mean, so. And they've made it clear that they want to be left alone. They don't. But here's the thing. We don't know what they have on the island. We don't know if they have Christianity already. They may very well have that. It may be an offense to their own way of life to try to convert them. You're absolutely right. That might be an offense to their rules, you know. Yeah, that was a a strange story because Nicole was the one that told me about that. Did you hear about the missionary? I'm like, what? Oh, Anthony, please tell me you heard about it. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, my. That's, uh, well, he was for his cause. Um, yeah, well, we'll never – we can't get inside this guy's head, so we don't know what his true motive was. I, I, I would hope it was as good as he wanted it to be. But but they have tried, I think, twice to retrieve his remains, and they're like, don't, fuck, don't fucking come over here. Like, they, they're they out there. They're with the – the arrows. Like, yeah. And it's well documented that they will throw arrows at helicopters, boats. If you try to get too close, like they don't want they don't want to be bothered. And I think that we should respect that. Yeah, that um, that's a that's a territory you don't want to cross. <laughs> I don't know, man. I still say R.I.P. I mean, it's, it's sad. It is sad. But I mean, he didn't know that. You didn't know. I don't know. He probably knew. He just didn't want to know. Didn't want to know what he know. <laughs> whatever, whatever sense that makes. Okay, so we got a few R.I.P. shout outs. Um, George H.W. Bush passing away not too long after his wife. Any thoughts or just like, eh? Um, 
I mean, he was the president mm-hmm. one term. Yeah. One term president, head of the CIA. And we know the relationship the CIA has with the black community. Not the best relationship. Not, not, not a the terroristic best relationship. relationship. If we're going to be honest, mm-hmm. CIA is a criminal organization. We know his history with uh, Lee Atwater, who has also who passed away um, a long time ago with the the whole Willie Horton dog whistle ad. He was losing. He was going to lose, and then he put out the the Willie Horton ad, a racist ad that basically scared. You know, white people into voting for him because he was he was like, well, well, what no one we know about polls we don't know now, but mm-hmm. the polls had him losing, and then he ended up winning. Advertising is a powerful thing. Oh yeah, it, it is very powerful. Like I remember, um, even the time when Trump was running, there was something that was um, there was an ad for some energy company or something like that that was a, that was against the immigration, and then it got a lot of um, controversy, but it did get people talking. I do remember that. So, uh, on a lighter note, we got Stephen Hillenberg, creator of the beloved SpongeBob SquarePants that just passed away. Now, when did SpongeBob SquarePants debut? Because I never, I didn't get into it, but I don't want to use my age. Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Listen, this is. I was in high school. It hits me in the sternum. You know, I watched some SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, when it first started off, I'm like, oh, this character's a little wacky, but he's an optimist. SpongeBob is always an optimist. So, uh, you know, he it, that that hits me in the heart. I remember I went to go see the SpongeBob SquarePants movie by myself in the theater. Probably the first movie I saw by myself in the theater. Mm-hmm. I, listen, man, I was a SpongeBob fan and I enjoyed <laughs> it. We're talking about the first one, not the 3D one. <laughs> the one where the one where see Randy's shaking his head at me. This is why we miss you. <laughs> I mean, it's the one where Woody Harrelson uh, voiced the the villain. I thought it was pretty funny. SpongeBob SquarePants has some dirty jokes too that uh, even s- still to this day slap. Yeah, rest in peace, Steven Hildenberg. I know he started as a writer on Rocco's Modern Life. Um, I did watch that. Yeah, and that's coming back, too, a revival. Why? I just really feel like reboots well, and revivals is just like— Well, it's a series. Well, it's, it's a, it's a movie. running out of ideas. I was happy when they brought Hey Arnold back for that movie. Hey Arnold was my jam. I didn't watch it, I don't know. But like, I didn't uh-huh. want to, like, on. I don't want to use my age as an excuse because Come I did now. watch Recess all the way up until my senior year of high school. <laughs> Listen, oh, you got you got something to say here. Is Hey Arnold the one the kid has a football head? Yeah, the football, football head. head. But yeah, I mean, Hey Arnold, Hey Arnold lived in the hood though. He was a he was a white boy living <laughs> in the hood. That's what gave him his special like powers. He doesn't have any powers, but he was he was relatable. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Rest in peace, Stephen Hildenberg. Rest uh, in peace. SpongeBob SquarePants is is the jam. Um. They. I saw this great meme online where it was Spider Man and SpongeBob. You know, kind of consoling each other. Like, man, I understand your pain. Oh, you know, Stan Lee and Stephen Hildenberg. But he was kind of. He was young. What was he? Fifty four. Fifty something. Let me look it up. Stan Lee was in his nineties. He's fifty seven. He was fifty seven yeah, when he passed. I really feel like. Like if you're not seventy, like you're kind of young. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. So Mike Duggan, I don't know anything about the, I like I know like I saw like you know people you know Facebook commentary right you know people are like we knew everything about the Kwame Kilpatrick scandals and stuff like that but we don't definitely. know anything about this one. So can you can you uh, provide me and the audience with some details? Listen, um, so Robert Car- 
Carmack. Um, he's a uh, Detroit auto body shop owner. He has a beef with Duggan. So um, Carmack, um, I think he had like a video billboard truck going around City Hall where it showed footage of, um, I guess, Duggan was had parked a car at somebody else's house and then a woman had parked a car at a house. And he was like, there's more. I'm going to debut more if, you know, Duggan doesn't, you know, uh, fix what he's done. I don't I forgot what the exact beef was because I'm not like too versed in politics, but I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, getting rid of like small businesses or something like mm-hmm. that that Carmack had a uh, problem with. He's like, if Duggan don't fix this, I'm going I'm to uh, debut more. And I remember it was um I forgot what day it was, but it was some day this week where he was going to show the whole full video. And I don't know what it was going to be. It probably would have shown Duggan with a woman or something like that. I, I don't, yeah. And I don't even know if it exists, to be honest with you. But in, instead, they gave him like a press conference and the guy didn't show the video. He instead said, oh, um, they um, I, I think they offered to bribe me. And, um, you know, Duggan is a bad man, stuff like that. Anyway, it was a pump fake is basically what it was. <laughs> he didn't show anything. So now I think Duggan is asking state police to investigate the businessman's actions. So it sounds illegal. Him asking the state police? Or, no, or, the whole do what I say, I'm going to release the information. Yeah, like he had like a, a private eye follow Duggan, allegedly. Yeah, man. I need that kind of money. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I need that kind of money and I need that kind of time. I'm going to call this the scandal that almost was. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to lead to, but this is like a full-length serial episode in real time. <laughs> Speaking of serial, you ever listened to This American Life? I have not. You told me to listen. What was that you sent me? S-Town. S-Town. S-Town is good. But that's- and you are literally like the third person to recommend that specific podcast to me. It starts out as something and then turns into something else. Okay. You know, I feel like with This American Life, I, I was always kind of skeptical of listening to it. I mean, I were. Ira, Ira Glass seems like a cool dude who mm-hmm. created the show, but it seemed kind of hipsterish to me. But when I listen to it, it's a little hipsterish, but I, it's the hipsterish that I like. Like, I like the stories. Mm-hmm. Like, they got, like, three stories taped together that lead to one single theme. Like, uh, like a, a lot of people, like, are, like, kind of, you know, annoyed with the, like, constant flooding of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. But I actually enjoy it because... For a long time, investigative journalism was dead. Yeah, it was dead. I kind of think it it died back like sometime back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, like they're like people are bringing it back. They're doing thorough investigations, like and they're recording themselves doing investigations for for more like constructive subject matters. So I like I'm really I'm really enjoying the whole like onset of podcasts. Yeah, I think I think it's a beautiful thing when you can get your voice heard, even if you don't, even if even if it's not heard by a lot of people, you're still getting your voice heard. That's why I mean, there's a gift and a curse to social media. I really believe there is some good to it, or to the internet, I should say. <laughs> social media. You got anything else to say about this Duggan thing? Or I, I don't know enough about it. I just I, explained it to you. Like I, <laughs> I mean. Cheated. Like, it's not illegal to cheat on your wife, is it? No, it's not. No. See? So I think I Clinton don't... was almost impeached for it. I mean, was he no, impeached he was or impeached. not? Like... He was impeached for lying. Right, right. I think he was impeached by Congress, but not by the Senate. So yeah, you that... have to be, I think you have to be impeached by both. Okay, so that's what was going on. He so, was yeah, almost... so he was impeached for lying, or he was or, under oath. Okay. So, like perjury. 
All right. So um, we got the – listen, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen any new movies. I've been working. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that next next episode. <laughs> we got um, the hip-hop corner. Wait. Uh, do you know anything or about the Mark Lamont Hill situation? What happened? Oh, what happened to Mark? He went to the U.N., he made a speech mm-hmm. about uh, Israel and Palestine, and he was basically stating that Palestine needs to be a free state, yeah. and he got fired from CNN for that. Oh, man. I hate to see a brother lose money. I like Mark. Mark is cool. I like Mark. And then they're saying, like, there's a board member in this college that's saying that he should be fired, but he has tenure, which basically means that it, that. He's employed at the college for as long as he wants to be employed. Right, right. Unless that department dissolves, he will always have a job. So. Where, where is he professor at again? Temple University. Temple University, okay. So he's a tenure professor there. So there's – and it has to be like – you have to be a, like a, a like a criminal. Right. In order to be fired from a university if you're, if you're tenured. So – You know, I don't, I don't want to get away from this, but, you know, Lou Anna Simon is under fire now. She's under fire for, um, you know, um, people are still kind of pointing fingers at her about um, the whole Larry Nassau situation. Um, she should be. Yeah. If there's evidence leading to pointing to the fact that she knew and she didn't do anything. That needs to be answered, too. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mar- Mark Lamont Hill is a very, like, he's he's a rounded correspondent. Because, you, know, you know, he hosts the Basketball Wives reunion specials. Yes. Nice well, set. I don't watch that type. I do watch reality shows. I just don't I watch, watch the reunions. I don't watch those types of reality shows because you can you can be subject to like lose like your own reality. Of course. In those type of shows and they're not real like reality shows these shows are scripted. They, they are. just cost less than scripted like traditionally scripted shows. So I I had to cut myself off from that like a long time ago. But I mean, he's an activist. But I feel like this, like you built yourself up like black people built you. You're an academic mm-hmm. professor off of black studies. You wrote a book called Nobody, basically detailing your own trauma as it relates to being black and seeing all of these police shootings and then really nothing being done about it. <clears throat> when you go to the UN stage, I really like, I need you to stand up for us. I need yeah. you to speak on our issues. He kind of related it back to our issues for like one second. He was saying that there are New York cops that go to Israel to get training. I don't know how true that is. But, and then, and he was saying that that, that, that kind of police state in Palestine and then in the United States, they're kind of similar and that, our solidarity needs to be in more than words. Every I agree with everything he said. I just feel like when you're on a UN stage and yeah. you like you're a black and black people built you, you need to speak on our issues. Like mass incarceration is a global catastrophe. Definitely. It's a global catastrophe. There are more black men locked up than all the women in the world that are locked up. And it's you know, four billion women on the planet. I think in this case, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But I feel like with certain things, and, you know, I know you and I have had different words about this, but I feel like with Obama, like, I still got the split view that, well, you know, he's he's not just president of black people. You know, he's president of everybody in the United States. And I know a lot of people 
put them under fire. I've been guilty of it, too, like, you know, of not speaking to black issues, like, singularly in certain instances. And yeah, I, I've, I've criticized them for it, too. But in, the, in, the instance, in an instance like this where it's Mark Lamont Hill, I agree, you know. But uh, what Obama, black people didn't build Obama. Mm-hmm. Obama was built off his whiteness. So... That's a whole nother podcast. It like, is. And we, we've been, mean to, a, we've been mean to make that episode, yes, but we never did it. That's a whole different podcast. But black I mean, people didn't we've always build talked about Obama. It, like, he did the whole thing where, you know, you go to a low-income area. Right. And then you build yourself up off of you. A lot of people do that. A lot of people that don't have the grades to get in a master to get, like, their, to get into a graduate school. They go to Teach for America or they do the whole community organizer thing for a couple of years, and then they put that on their resume in order to get into graduate school. You got to play the game. But at the expense un- of poor people. It's unfair that the game exists. but At the expense of poor people, because for Teach for America, you only have to teach for two years, and studies show that you hit your stride as a teacher after five. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it at the expense. And then Teach for America, they put you in low-income areas or areas where students don't do well. So you're building yourself up off at the expense of poor people, people who would, who can't get, who can't get that same opportunity. No, I I definitely hear you. Do you think Mark should have been fired? I don't think he should have been fired. It was definitely not a fireable offense. Like I said, I agree with everything that he said. I just feel like if you're going to take the U.N. stage and we built you, then you need to speak to our issues. Now, if if he got fired and he spoke to our issues, then this would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But you, you're you speaking to it. But, and my thing is this, like black activists, black politicians, we don't have enough laser. Like our 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 focus is everywhere. Right. We're standing and blocking everybody's stuff and then our stuff gets put to the wayside. Like a lot of black politicians, they have uh stuff going on in their own districts mm-hmm. that need to be taken care of. High poverty. This one lady in her district, she was talking about immigration, but the black people in her district have hookworms. Hookworms is a 19th century disease mm-hmm. because of no septic system. There are people in this country that don't have that's that's a state issue. That's the government issue. The government should be putting in septic systems into these neighborhoods and they're not. So people are using the bathroom and it is going out their house and into their front and their backyard. I think it's hard to focus on everything, though, Even like because when you, you focus on things that's happening in your hood, in your state. OK, you focus on that. And then someone says, all right, but. This is a bigger issue, too. What's happening in your state is bad, too. But what do you have to say about this? Then what do you have to say about this? You can be like, I don't have a comment because that doesn't affect the people in my district. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to comment on everything. Like, we are the only people that have to comment and then stand at the gate in front of everybody and block all the bullets for everyone. I think some people want to be world peace leaders. I mean, that's fine. But we have to solve our – like, we have a lot – issues mm-hmm. and we like we need it's hard being repre- an activist it is very hard but and but we need someone that's going to speak to our issues and not stray from that i know one thing angela davis always stayed quit stay had focused on was the prison reform yes and that leads into meek mill um <laughs> all right but one one thing before we go into the hip-hop corner i gotta ask you neil degrassi tyson 
He's um, under fire yeah, now. Yeah, I saw, but I did not read the details. So, so there are sexual harassment allegations. I don't really have all the details either, to be honest with you. But I want to talk about it. And where he gave, um, he gave a um, statement saying, "Hey, I will be very um, um, open to the investigation. Whatever ha- investigation happens of this, you know, I say I am, um, I am innocent, but I will be very open to um, investigation." Kind of like what Al Franken said. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but it's like the statement he kind of gave, he used the word whom a lot and kind of spoke in kind of like third person saying like, you know, situations like this, you know, sometimes you're, I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. guilty into proven innocent. Sometimes you, you gain, um, it, when the victim accuses you of something, the the alleged victim, and then you got a chance to speak, it's always kind of like the victim that gets believed more. Mm-hmm. So I, I I thought what he said was slick. I thought it was slick. Um, he knows how to present himself in the press. We'll see what comes of this. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know much about the guy, to be honest. I never watched Cosmos. I know of him. I just never, like. I know I'm, that he's very smart. Yeah. I never paid attention to the argument between him and B.O.B. Like, I just. Where, um, are you uh, familiar with the Kareem Hunt situation? No. Okay, Kareem Hunt is uh he was a, a NFL player. He was recently uh released from his team back in February. He got into an altercation with a female. Okay, I heard about this in the barbershop. Um and then he told the NFL about it. So, and they still kept him. Uh-huh. But now that the video has come out, they have released him because they're saying that he lied about the situation. That's some James Gunn BS. But the allegedly she, um, they met at a bar. Okay. And then they went back to the hotel room. Mm-hmm. It's a group of people. Right, right, right. So they found out that she was underage, 19 years old. So they, I'm not sure if she left on her own, if she was physically removed, but somehow she was put out of the room. So allegedly she was beating on the door for a half hour, calling him a nigger. Right. And then eventually he came out. They argued, shoving match. She fell on the floor and he kicked her. Mm. Now, a lot of people are saying that, like, you should be smart enough to avoid these type of situations. Of course. You should be able to restrain yourself mm-hmm. and not do that type of thing. My thing is, do you respect the femininity of a woman when she disrespects your humanity? Me personally? You personally and just generally speaking. I do. I learn how to walk away. It's a hard thing to do, but you got to you gotta know when to walk away. Yeah. And he lost everything. Like, you basically, you lost everything. And now, like, in his interviews, he's taking responsibility for mm. everything. I believe he does want to work again. I'm not sure if it'll happen. Right. Because it, it hasn't happened for Ray Rice. So... I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we we will see. Um, yeah, I feel like in situations like that, you got to walk away. It's it's hard to really use your brain in high tense situations. I've learned that. And then also, this is a football player. Yeah, yeah. you're violent seven days a week. Right. right. <laughs> Practice games. I hate it when you don't stand. Well, corporations they're not going to stand by for one person. It's just it just never happens. Um, even if it's the CEO, mm-hmm. James Gunn, who made Guardians of the Galaxy, when those tweets came out when, in his trolling days, 
Disney knew about it, but now that it's been brought to the forefront, you know what? We're going to let James Gunn go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, but y'all already knew about it. So he should not have been hired in the first place. Right. And then, then Or if you let it go in the first place, stand by him. Yeah. He's, if, he, if he's man enough to say, yo, I was a stupid troll. I'm sorry. I, I got to let y'all know about this. That I did this in the past. And y'all say, okay, sure. No problem. Then it's a problem later on when it gets brought to the forefront. And now they're taking away the Netflix shows, man. They're taking away um, Daredevil, no, Jessica Jones. No, but is it a cancellation or is it that they're moving because, you know, Disney is going to start their own streaming service. That's what I'm saying. So is it a cancellation or is it something that's going to be eventually moved to Disney's own Con- streaming service? Conspiracy theory time. I think Disney is taking the Netflix shows. It, uh, Punisher's next. I'm telling you, they're yeah, taking this I, that's stuff. what I think that it is. I don't think that it's Netflix canceling the shows. It's Disney. It's like okay, because Daredevil no is a very good show. It does very well on Netflix. Yeah. So I don't see the justification in them mm-hmm. canceling it on their end. But the contract is ending soon between Netflix and Disney, and I believe Ant Man and the Wasp is going to be the last movie. Listen, I don't know how much the algorithm the algorithm benefits uh, Daredevil, but I'm sure the algorithm would say Daredevil is successful. Mm-hmm. It's kept dear white people and um, some other shows along. That, uh, uh, it's kept dear white people, Orange is the New Black, House of Cards around this this long. It should keep Daredevil this long. So that's what I'm taking. Did what you I'm- attempt to watch the new season of House of Cards? No, I like Robin Wright. I do think she's a fine actress. She's a, uh, an excellent actress. She is. She is. And I know she directed one or two episodes. It's just that after I saw the reviews, it's like they like nothing changed. Not, nothing's changed. I mean, Claire is interesting, but, you know, nothing's changed. But So I'm like, all right, I ain't going to give it a chance. <laughs> That's seven hours of my time. More than that. I thought it was a short season. What's All right, that? we hold on, we we gotta get focused. All right, so 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 hip hop corner. Um, okay, Meek Mill. Okay, so Meek Mill has a new album out. He's come back. He made it all the way to Ellen. Yes, I saw he was on Ellen. Talking about uh, prison reform, wasn't he? Yes, but my thing That's is, great, we man. have to watch these terms when we talk about prison reform. Because what do you mean by prison reform? Do you mean? Uh, reforming of sentencing laws. Mm-hmm. Do you mean uh, we're not going to lock you up, but we're going to put an ankle? Lit, or you're going to put a brace, uh, anklet on your on you that you have to pay forty dollars a day for, even though you can't work. You know, like what are we going to turn? Are we going to turn your phone into a parole officer? What do you? I we need to like prison reform is a very vague term. So, it is vague, and you do have so to be. We do. If I mean, if you're going to advocate for that, we have to be more specific about what it is that we mean by that. Definitely so. Do you think uh, Meek is, a, is at least a good representative of talking about reform? I believe that he is probably the best because he's been to prison. Right. And he is, has had encounters with law enforcement. He would be better than, to me, a Michelle Alexander, who's a lawyer, because she's never been locked up. Mm-hmm. And so at, at you encounter, she's encountered people and then she's went home. And Meek has encountered people that he's had to cohabitate with. Right. So I feel like he's a better representative than, you know, than her or I or anybody that hasn't been locked up. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, looking at it, like to make it to a show like Ellen, like I was like, you know what? I'm proud of Meek. I'm mm-hmm. very proud of him. 
Um, and then how many rappers get locked up and then they get out? And, and still th- winning. They're still winning, but how many of them get out and then they talk about prison reform? How many of them get out and then they're just trying to ride the wave of I've been locked up? Yeah, not many. So That's why, you know, I, I am pushing for them. I so, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, and I I enjoy, like, I'm not a Meek Mill fan. So championships, yeah, let's talk about championships. <laughs> I'm not a Meek Mill fan at all. Um, he does have a couple of singles that I enjoy, but as far yeah. as albums, I just could never get into them. But I thoroughly enjoy championships. Yeah, I know. I saw the text, the the Can We Talk group chat. She's like, yo, this championship is superb. So I had to clarify. I'm like, wait, 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 Shana. You mean superb by Meek standards or superb album? You was like, uh, by, Meek, by, by Meek standards. By Meek. He still hasn't changed his flow. He's still yelling. Right, right. But I, I enjoy a lot of people are critiquing the West Beef sample. A lot of people don't feel like he's he's a worthy enough rapper. Oh, man, everybody raps over classic instrumentals, even if they're whack. Everybody yeah. does that. But I feel like Meek, Ross, and Jay-Z did the beat justice. Okay, before we get into Jay-Z, you know, me with Meek Mill, I've always liked, like, you, certain songs, certain singles. You know, I've liked the Dreams and Nightmares mm-hmm. intro. I like the... Um, uh, Dream Chasers intro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like his remix of Ready or Not by mm-hmm. the Fugees. I thought that was a pretty good remix, and I like um, a song with him and Swiss Beats called Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I've always liked him. I've always noticed the talent. Um, so there's a song on there with Rick Ross and Jay Z, and everybody's talking about Jay Z's verse. Yes. Tell me your response to it. I haven't heard my the song. initial response was, "Oh my god!" Like, is he bragging about gentrification? I saw your but- Facebook. I was corrected. Yeah. But I left it up because I feel like it's important to be wrong and publicly and be corrected publicly. Hey, man, clap for that, man. Shame. So I left it up so, you know, so that people could see right. that. And not because I see too many times on social media somebody will be wrong and then they'll drag it out right. about how they're not wrong. Like, you know, you're wrong. Even Shannon so, can be wrong sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I can be wrong all the time, but. <laughs> But I I left it up because I think it's a like I could have deleted it like oh I was wrong delete but I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was checked in a respectful manner and then I was like you know what you write in a respectful manner so I left that status up so my initial reaction to Jay Z's verse was like is he bragging about gentrification like right, oh my right. god this is uh I never want to be that rich but then I re listened to it I mean it's a very dope song uh Rick Ross dropped the f bomb uh faggot yes. All right. Dropped the F-bomb on there. Okay. So I... Eminem did it too, didn't he? In the 11-minute freestyle? Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, um, a lot of people are speculating that he was throwing uh, shots at Takashi 6 9 in his verse. Okay. And then a lot of people speculated that Jay-Z was throwing shots at Kanye in his verse, but he clarified on Twitter. See, I had a barbershop incident. <laughs> my man, uh, my barber, probably the only person I trust with my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was talking to me. He's a big Shark Carter fan. Mm-hmm. I was just, uh, we was talking about the Jay Z verse. I told him, man, I ain't heard it yet, but you know that Jay Z verse. You know, he was like, oh man, Sean Carter. There ain't nobody in his level in the industry that's talking about what he's talking about. I'm like, all right, sure, you know, like. <laughs> and so I'm at one point. I'm like, hey man, didn't he go at Yay at one point in the verse? Like I wasn't like mad about it. I was like, oh, didn't he say something about Yay? He said, no, 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 you misinterpreted. He was like, don't red hat me, don't Prince and Michael, me and Ye, especially when you're not a Prince and Michael DNA or something like that. Yes. And then I, I kind of misinterpreted. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? He's like, don't put us against each other. I'm like, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's what, he, yeah, he clarified that on Twitter. 
which is just. But I felt like that that was a learning thing for me too, because I was like, um, I don't want to be part of the sheep. You never do want to be a part of the sheep that say, "Oh man, he went at Kanye." But then I thought about my like, hold up and do the research yourself. But this goes to a larger issue. Go ahead. Can you still be friends with somebody that you disagree with ideology, like politically? Because you know Jay Z is a big Obama supporter. He campaigned for Hillary. Meanwhile, Kanye is a big Trump supporter. I do think race ties into an issue when it's like you're when you're when you're both minorities when you're both like of a certain kind of race. If it's that's if that's like your brother, like you and I disagree all the time about certain stuff. All the time, right? <laughs> Today we're not even disagreeing. That's like, hey, let's, let's, let's ring the bell for that. So I mean, we're like, agreeing about disagreeing. <laughs> right, right. But I, like, if that's if that's your brother, like like Jay Z built Kanye up. Like I don't think it's that hard for him to turn against him. That's his brother. I understand. Okay. That's how I look at it. What do you do? you feel different or? No. Like, I don't feel, I feel like I I agree with you exactly. Like, it does, like, race does um, play a factor in that, like, tremendously. So, and then, like you said, like, these people are connected. Mm-hmm. Like, they're connected through music and in probably more ways than that. So I'm sure they're probably each other kids' uncles. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. So I know Drake and Meek reunited. How was that song? song? I but I I enjoyed the song. My favorite song on there right now because sometimes my favorite song on the album changes. My mm-hmm. favorite song on there is the song with Cardi B. <laughs> I know she has a ghostwriter, but like her delivery is so like I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, the delivery does count. The flow does count. I know she has a ghostwriter, but. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, for a minute, I didn't get into Cardi B, but my girl played her around me so much. I was like, all right, she's passable. If I hear her on a song, I ain't going to skip. I'm like, okay, she's, she's passable. I can listen to her. Cause all I, all I see in my head is love and hip hop. Cause I do know her from that, but I'm like, okay, she made it. I didn't watch it. And then I don't follow celebrities on social media. Right. Right. So. I so I didn't know anything about Cardi B outside of music. When you're exposed to something for so long, you just get you just get used to it. So um so all right, so it was a happy reunion. I'm glad these guys made up and moved forward. I'm glad Meek is still winning, actually. Yes. See, yes, because we count because after those two back to back drug distances, we counted them out. It wasn't just that. It was that. It was the footage of him falling down in the snow. But he put that footage out himself. He did not have to put that footage out. Yeah. I think he was laughing at himself. Yeah, but keep that to yourself, though. I thought I he was being a good sport about it. No, I understand. But if somebody else puts it out and then you kind of like, eh, some people fall, then that's different. But when you put it out, it's like, um, you kind of get yourself I mean, like, he was going to his mother's house and it was icy and he fell. No, like, no, it happens. It just not. It just you isn't went documented. to state. It just isn't documented. You went to Michigan State. I'm not a celebrity, a, a though. school that never has had three snow days in their entire history of being open. You know what, though? I'm not a celebrity. I didn't just lose to a back-to-back diss song, and I'm not taking a bunch of I remember one year, like, it was so icy outside. You know, Olin, they're like the only—at that time, they were like the only place that had heated sidewalks. Yeah. So, it was so icy. And then, like, the first couple people that fell, it was like, ha, ha, ha. 
But after like the fifth or sixth person, it's like it's not funny anymore. Listen, man, <laughs> I saw somebody trying to ride their bike on the icy sidewalk, and I couldn't say anything. I just stared at them. And when they fell, I tried to hide my face laughing, but I'm like, dog, you should know better. I never got that whole riding your bike in the wintertime. I get riding your bike because it's Michigan faster. State is a beautiful campus. It's all connected. It's it's a beautiful campus. You can't ride your bike in the fall because the sidewalks are so crowded. But when I took summer classes and I lived in an um, apartment complex not too far from campus, I would mm-hmm. ride my bike. Michigan State is beautiful. It it's is beautiful. so beautiful. Like, I get that. You miss a lot walking. Like, and then being on your headphones and then being on your phone listening to music. Like, when you're riding your bike, you can't, you can, but I would advise you not to do that because, you know, like the cars and all that oh, yeah. stuff. Well, I always stay on the sidewalk. We're not supposed to, but yeah. I always stay on the sidewalk. So, like, it's a very, so I get riding your bike, but not in the wintertime. <laughs> hey, man. So, anyway, just in summation, I'm glad Meek Mill is still winning. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing good. So, Big Crit. He dropped another EP. Was that an EP or a single? Because it was the two songs. It was two songs. Well, it's technically a single. It's called Double Down. Mm-hmm. I like this a whole lot better than I did um, Thrice. Because I feel like two songs are good. Learn from Texas and pick yourself up. Learn from Texas is probably like the, That's the better my song. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he gives a shout out to um, UGK. And he's got a few pop-up shops uh, opening up a lot, a lot of places. So Big Crit, I think this was like better. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I did enjoy this one more than the 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 other EP, but I just think it's funny. Like my coworker was telling me because he was like, "You don't like Big Crit." I'm like, "I love Big Crit." He's like, no, Why would he say that? Because he said you don't like Big Crit. You miss Pimp C. <laughs> but I think he's a conspiracy theory. I love, but I do love Pimp C. Like mm-hmm. I do love Pimp C. I grew yeah, we up know. with UGK, and I feel like. Even though they like sound alike, kind of. Big Crit is a better rapper than Pimp C. Pimp C is just mostly charisma. Yeah. More some charisma and production, as far because he is a producer. He's a great producer. He was a great producer, but he's more of like charisma than he was skill. Pimp C will say some lines that today you'll probably say pause a thousand times, but the way he carried it with enough swag and charisma, you, you give him a pass because it's Pimp C. And he made Big Pimpin'. Right, right, like, right. He he did not have what we would consider. I really like the, Jay's verse on that song. He did not have what we consider like lyrically the best verse because I always mm-hmm. felt like Bell B was a superior rapper in UGK, but he had the most enjoyable verse. Right. So yeah, but I I do best Pimp C, but I also love Big Craig. You can do both. Yeah, I feel like listening to Thrice a bit more. I like Glorious a little bit mm-hmm. more now. I, that that song grew on me. Look what I got is kind of like the. You know, the low-key chill Big Crit. That's mm-hmm. not my favorite Big Crit, but it's still enjoyable. Okay, before we get to Takashi, yo, Black Thought. Listen. It went under the radar because, like, everything came out. Uh, Trey Songz released a double. he Not a double album. His birthday is November 28th, so mm-hmm. he released a project called 11 and then another one called 28. Okay. I could not. I mean... I'm over Trey songs, but I tried. To, I attempted to listen, but the the volume two Black Thought it kind of went under the radar for me. So you can talk to me about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna get because I want to tag on to what you said about Trey songs. That's how I feel about Lil Wayne nowadays. I mean, because that's that used to be my boy, man. You know what I mean? Man, but, well, I tell you when 
like Trey Songs, like maybe first, maybe his first album to me was like his best album. It was more like a traditional, what you consider like a traditional. I gotta R&B. make it. Yeah, just gotta make it. Okay. Yeah, he had Aretha Franklin on an intro. Really, it's like, but my like to me, it's like one of his best albums. But there are a lot of songs on there where he sound like other artists my niece was like maybe 11 at the time so i was listening to her and she was like that song sounds like genuine that song sounds like r kelly i'm like you're exactly right like he hasn't found his voice but i feel like on trade day it was the beginning he definitely found his voice on trade day is that the one with the Scarface? um let me hold you tight or something like that i don't know well they 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 sent they sampled the evangelist hold up we gotta stay on topic but right. yeah but i feel like he found his voice on that one, and then once he found his voice, he used that formula for every album. And then after really, that, like, well, I mean, it, it was like I'm over it. I mean, if it works, it works. But okay, Streams of Thought Volume Two, Volume okay. One was produced entirely by Knife Wonder. Yes, You've heard sir. that by now, yes. right? Great, great EP. This one is like a little bit more nine tracks, and it's produced by Solemn Remy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 Black Thought. He's killing it. The mm-hmm. beats are great. I feel like when I listen to Black Thought, it's like Bill Cosby listening to jazz. You just like you shake, <laughs> shake your head. Just the lyricism is just punching and punching and punching. We've heard the funk flex freestyle. Mm-hmm. Black Thought is a beast. Yes. Yeah. So um, it's just straight fire. It's like I was at my second job doing chats and somebody came up to me seeing me shake my head like, you got an angry customer? I'm like, I'm reacting to these angry beats. What you talking about? But um, yeah, Black Thought is great. I really think you should check it out. But then again, every Roots album is a Black Thought album. Yes. Which is which is what I say. Yes. It's Everybody's like, like, you need something solo. I'm like, he kind of he's not he's not solo, solo, but yeah. Um, you need to listen to Currency and Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist. Okay. Uh, it's called, Alchemist. Yeah, he's the producer. Uh, okay. It, the album is called Fetty. I suggest you check it out because okay. it's great. Um. Okay. So Black Thought's album was good. So we got to talk about Takashi Six Nine. Yeah. I'm just surprised by this. Like, uh, like, like, um, so what? what? What's the stakes on this? You're this, surprised? This is 25 to life? You're surprised. Like, why are you surprised? I thought the kid was just a troll. I didn't know he was really trying to be about that life. I don't know much about Takashi 69. He was being All I know is that he has colored teeth and a lot of people don't like him, so I never tried him I don't like him because he say nigga, and you're not black. Right, right. So I don't really feel like you can't. You should be able to rhyme without using that. And I I just never got into him. He's definitely like a troll. I felt like he was like a provocateur. Like you would talk to people like, why are you starting shit with Chief Keith? <laughs> like what like he wasn't he wasn't bothering anybody. He was just chilling. And then you said something about him. And then you went to Chicago. You could argue that, you know, Tyler Creator started shit with B.O.B. just to get noticed. And it, for a minute, it worked. Yeah, I feel like that 50, the whole 50 Cent formula, because mm-hmm. that's what I call it. Yeah, where you how just, to rob. Yeah, how to rob. Like, where you just Classic. start beef with people, just various people just saying whatever you want about people in the industry. It does, It only worked for 50 Cent. It doesn't yeah. work for everybody else. It definitely doesn't work for R&B artists, as you can see, Carrie Hilson, Jack Wild Wright. I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like it when R&B artists beef. Cause like, you y'all know, sing. Yeah, where you come out and you can have a valid critique of an artist as an R&B artist, and it'll still 
you gotta go. Yeah, you just, still you'll end your career before it really takes off. Definitely. So I mean, I am surprised. I'm like, dang, man, twenty five to life. I thought the dude was just a troll. They had to get rid. Like he had to. He had to go because he was putting other people in danger. Mm-hmm. The video got shot up. The video shoot where Nicki Minaj was supposed to be there, she didn't go to. But the the trailer where that was supposed to be her dressing room got shot at. Dang. I mean, it just, it, you you gotta like you're making the block hot for people for squares. It's yeah, <laughs> like yeah, for people it, that don't have anything to do with street life. It's definitely so, a lesson. You gotta go. Yeah, it's it's definitely. A and lesson. they're saying that they arrested him because he was more valuable in jail than he was dead because there was a plot to kill him. And now he's getting jumped in jail, and he, he, I think he just got transferred to to a safer space in jail. I mean, you can't do that. Like, you can't do all that trolling. And like, you're not like you're untouched. Like the whole thing. Well, who would say Chief Keith? Right. Baby Mama shopping and. Was talking about all the sexual things that they mm-hmm. did. Like that's just disrespectful. Like you don't I have agree. to do that. Like just I make agree. your mute. But like you think you're bigger than the music, and you haven't pushed shit out. Your album came out while you were locked up. Who listened to it? Did you listen to it? No, I don't listen to Takashi Six Nine. I'm sure his fans listen to it. Why do Why do you have fans? I don't know. They must like, love are the trolling. They fans are because um, every now and then I. I dabble into the shade room. I don't do it all the time. I don't follow them. <laughs> but, I dabble into the trolling. But there are a lot of people that are like, you know, they'll repost Takashi 69 videos and they'll be like, I don't like his music, but he's funny. Listen, I'm not, I don't like Alex Jones at all, but there's an old interview between him and Piers Morgan. My mouth is just open how him and, how him and Piers are going back and forth on gun control. And Alex Jones is like, I'm telling you now, you take away our guns. 1776 will commence again if you take away our guns. Come come be with me. Come to the gun range. I'll make you an American and we won't deport you. I just, Alex Jones is like I peak, just sit there with my mouth open like, what the? F-? It's like peak tinfoil hat. Like, Dog, this is on CNN though. Like, so I understand the whole engaging with the trolls. I understand the... the I feel like you should not engage with trolls because you... So, you Indulge. You... I, you... You, uh, what word am I looking for? You give them light. You, you give them relevance. Mm -hmm. Like you solidify them. Pierce Morgan is a journalist. I don't agree with him. Yeah. The majority of the time. But you're a journalist. He's more professional than Alex. Yeah. So you should not give this person a platform. Because I remember Charlemagne got into a lot of heat because he had plans on having Tommy Lauren. But Tommy Lauren is a troll. Yeah. She's a troll a troll with blonde hair. But she's a troll nonetheless. She made it, though. She on Fox. She made it. She, she, she's a troll. But that's where you're supposed to be. You're right, not right. supposed to be on the show with Charlemagne. That would have been interesting, but it probably wouldn't have uh, amounted to anything. No. To be honest. I don't think it, it would have been forgettable. All right. So we got a little bit of time left. Oh, Eminem. So how was this freestyle? I know Slim still got it. He's always had it. It was shot at a place near and dear to our hearts. St. Andrew's Hall. The shelter in the basement. So, kudos for that. I think that's where 8 Mile was shot, wasn't it? uh, Yeah, the shelter. Yeah, the battle rap scenes. Yes. Um, uh, It was 11 minutes, and... You lost interest? 
I listened to the whole thing. It was a couple of lines that stood out to me where he said, I get, I get head in the sand like an embarrassed ostrich. He's from that era, man. He's from that era. You got to let that slide. I mean, you got what? Eminem is what? old head. He is old head. He's from that era. But there were a lot of breaks in it. There were a lot of breaks in it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, is it a straight 11-minute freestyle? Because there were some parts that went dark like a movie. And then it came back, and he were like, he was rhyming. Like, I'm like, is it an 11-minute Let me minute check my freestyle? phone real quick. <laughs> like, right. Like, is it an 11-minute freestyle, like, for real, for real? Or so, I, yeah. I mean, look, I, I've always respected Eminem. Mm-hmm. He's, al- he's always had it to me. Um I know this last album, Kamikaze, was better than Revival, mm-hmm. so he's always had Definitely, kind of, I agree with that. He's always had touch and go with, like, his albums post-relapse or post-encore. Like, one is good, the next one isn't, then the one is better because it's t- commenting on how the last one was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Recovery was apologizing for Relapse. Kamikaze was apologizing for Revival. Like, I don't know, man. Marshall, he's, he still has it to me. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, up there with, like, the Black Thought. Like the funk flex. Oh, of course, black of course. Freestyle, where he's just going at it. Like, you know, I'm in this weird space right now where I'm starting to feel like an old head. It feels like the artists I grew up with, like the Big Crits, the Drakes, the J. Coles, Kendrick Lamar's, the Wale's, even Kid Cudi. It's like they're old heads now in the game, and I can't, I, I can't keep up with a new. They've generation. been around for almost ten years. Some of them, ten years. Uh, because when did it take? Uh, they still feel new. When to did me. comeback season come out? Oh, that was that was a long time ago. So, he, like, was that two thousand? So Drake has been in the game for ten years. He has. I was introduced to him through um so far gone. That was the that was the mixtape that introduced me to him. Yes, that, I did. I wasn't up. I wasn't hip to comeback season when it came out. But comeback season was two thousand seven. So, so far yeah. gone was two thousand eight. Okay. Yep. So I, I I was introduced to Drake the same way. So and. That that was an excellent project. It was. Like, I remember um, I, I played the first part of um, Unstoppable for, like, this project I had in high school. He didn't curse that whole verse. Mm-hmm. So um, I got away with it. I had to stop it when it got to Lil Wayne, though. But, um, yeah, man, it's like I, I can't get with this new generation. Like, I can't get with the Lil Boats and Lil Uzis. It's probably the only person I like. You're an old nigga now. I, I am, though. I I am. <laughs> like, the only person I can get to in this generation is Nick Grant. Okay. But Nick Grant might be considered old-fashioned because he's rapping the same way as, you know. Like a Nick Grant or a maybe a Dave East. Dave East. Well, Dave East is, well, yeah. But he's older, though. I feel, I feel like he's kind of like the same Dave age. Dave East as- is weird to me. Like, you can't, you didn't go to jail until you were, like, older. Like, <laughs> You came up in a two-parent home. I feel you like got some, a basketball scholarship. Some people like him. I, I, I never I got do into him. Like, I do like Dave East. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like his flow, his production, you can tell that Nas, like he's on Nas's label, but mm-hmm. like you can tell that Nas is a heavy influence on him. I thoroughly enjoy him, but... I just think that like it, it's just like you you hard but you not like you, you pushing for the cred. Yeah, but you don't have to. You can just be good. You like little Yachty, like 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 I'm not into little Yachty, but he don't he doesn't act like oh I'm hard I'm hardcore. Yeah, he's, he's fun. Like, you can tell that he but he doesn't run from that he came from a privileged background. 
Right. I, I think like someone like Lil Yachty, I don't listen to him, but he t- he seems like a fun guy. He seems like, yeah, you know, even with his cover, he's like giving sh- light to everybody, like, you know, homosexuals, you know, albinos and stuff like that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I feel like I like the Nick Grant's, uh, the Dave East. Mm-hmm. I've heard him featuring on a Prime song, mm-hmm. which was pretty good, uh, Era. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I feel, like an, I feel like I'm an old nigga. I feel like I am. I've been felt like that, like, whenever... I felt I feel like that whenever I hear a sample. It's just like, <gasps> yeah, what? man. Like when you hear a sample, I'm like, oh man, it seems like that song premiered yesterday. But it's like, nah, bro, that song came out seven years ago. Yeah, I'm like, oh wow. Like if somebody samples Nelly, I'm like, okay, that's fairly new. Kid looks at me like that's not new. Oh, you know who else I can relate to? Travis Scott. He's mm-hmm. of the new generation. I like Travis. Mm-hmm. I mess with Travis Scott because I remember I was at a bar. And there was a woman from college who was younger than me, but we we both saw each other there. She said, "Oh, you're hip to Travis." I'm like, "I'm hip." Like, when am I old? I'm not. I'm not hip. Yeah, I know Travis. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've hit that age. It's sad though, because <laughs> it's like when you like, because I hate those posts on Facebook that like push push it on you. Like, oh, did you know this happened ten years ago? Such I such do premiere. that. I do that. I'm like, oh my god, my new wisdom came out 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Even though it's not it 21 years ago, but I I'm that person that when there's an album that I really like, I grew up on that I really loved that I thoroughly still enjoy to this day. When it hits that 20 year mark, I am posting about it. Yeah, you should. Um, hey, I got a question. This came up to me in a barbershop. I think it's a serious question. Is Anderson Pack a rapper? No. Okay, thank you. Because that's what I said. <laughs> I said, dude, have you heard Malibu? Yeah, but he's just rapping at a high vocal pitch. I'm like, that's Oxner. That's not Malibu. He's like, I think, because I think Malibu is better, but they're two different albums. I feel like they're two different. There albums. is no box that you can put Pac in. Yeah, he's yeah. a musician. He is. Because it's very rare that you have somebody, especially nowadays, that sings, raps, and is also a musician. So there's really no box. And I love Pac, but there's no box that you can put him in. Because some songs he's rapping, like drugs. Yeah. That was like the best. Like when he performed drugs, that was like the best. I had no idea who you were talking about, so I looked him up on Wikipedia. His genres are hip-hop, R&B, funk, and soul. But his occupation is rapper, songwriter, singer, and record producer. So... You that, can that pretty be, much sums up Pac. Yeah, oh. like he's everything. You can be a rapper but not be in the rap genre? I don't think – but he doesn't – He's crossover. Yeah. Like mm. – Listen, I like Anderson. I love Anderson actually. It's not like – but like we can – there are songs where he kind of like – he does rap at a high pitch like Without You, mm-hmm. the song with uh, Rhapsody. He is kind of rapping at a high pitch. And then there's songs like Tint where he's, he's mostly just singing mm-hmm. and the Kendrick – we got five minutes. Just <laughs> wrap up time. All right, wrap up time. I think Anderson Pack is a singer that knows how to rap. All right, so um, this has been another episode of Can't We Talk, the Anthony and Shayna version. Like think, and share, like and, and sh- subscribe. We're on Apple Podcast and we're on SoundCloud. Um, I'm trying to get the Facebook name changed, but it's unofficial. Can, Can we, we talk? talk? But it's it's gonna be all right. All right, see y'all. <laughs>